You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Follow us in our study of God's Word. Well, good morning. Uh, If you don't really know me, my name is Paul Sun. I've been serving here in Northwest for for many years. I'm just glad that you guys are here. I'm glad that we're here together. Um, For those who are watching online on YouTube Live, thanks for joining us. And before we just begin, um, will you pray with me as we begin this time? God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for just your wisdom and your grace that you've given us, God. I pray that you would speak to us in the word that we're reading today, God, and through the book of Isaiah, that you would just continue to speak to us and how we uh, to live as believers in Christ so we can continue to reflect your son, Jesus, so that we become living testimonies, Lord. Lord, I just uh, pray for at this time we, um, that you would just speak to us in ways where we can just transfer this, what we learned today, that we would share the gospel with others of your good news, of your son Jesus, God, of what he has done for us as he died on the cross for us. Lord, we just thank you. Jesus, name pray. Amen. So we'll be continuing our series to the book of Isaiah. Today's passage, we'll be going through Isaiah chapter 53. If you have your Bibles, feel free to open them up at Isaiah chapter 53. When reading this passage, it's written as a poetic letter. This letter is written by a prophet uh, named Isaiah as God speaks to him about a prophecy that will take place 300 years from then when the New Testament is written. To many of you, when you're reading this passage, It may be familiar or obvious that this poem is referring to Jesus' crucifixion on the cross. The very story that gave us hope and salvation as Jesus died for our sins so that we would receive eternal life, receive salvation through Jesus dying for us, through his sacrifice. In verse 1, we find that Isaiah asks a question. Who has believed our message? In other words, who accepts this gospel that's being shared? For many of us, we are defined as broken people. It's through the midst of our hardest, we doubt and question of being healed either eternally or emotionally. And our thoughts of any glimmer of hope of healing sometimes is not existent. We don't really think about it. We don't believe that we can be healed, that it can happen. And sometimes we grow impatient and want things to happen now. That's often some of our thinking that we have about healing. In the classic movie, uh, Karate Kid 3, um, I love this this series. If you guys heard me last time I preached, I talked about Karate Kid last year. Um, This sequel is played by uh, Ralph Macchio. If you haven't seen this far into the sequel, that's okay. It's not really that important. But in this sequence, in this movie, Daniel LaRusso, the guy is on the left, and he is badly bruised. After training with Terry Silva at Cobra Kai, um, he sneaks back to his room while limping, and Mr. Miyagi noticed him limping. And he goes into his room with this bowl with this green powder mix, and Daniel asks, like, what is that? It's best that you don't know. And he places his foot, 
and pours over this green mixture. And literally the next day, he was completely healed. His foot was all better, no limping, nothing. In similar situations, we wish healing, can that be easy for us to recover from the next day? Wouldn't that be wonderful for our emotional and internal illness? We can be healed the next day. It's the very thought of healing that we're in disbelief that we can be healed from our emotional wounds sometimes. Or internal illness. The wounds that we carry with us prevents us from experiencing the love and acceptance that Christ has for us. And these next two verses that we read about in the, before we go into our passage, you may be familiar with, and if you can imagine Jesus' appearance when he's about to be crucified. And right now, his appearance is not very attractive. After being abused by whips and put a, a thorn crown over his head, he is dripping blood. He is scarred. You can hardly recognize him. He's unrecognizable. And throughout Jesus' ministry, prior before this crucifixion, through his abusement, torment that he's been going through, the public loved Jesus. They celebrated him. They wanted to get to know him. They were all seekers. They welcomed him with open arms. And by the time Jesus was arrested by the Roman soldiers, the people had now turned against him. The people shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Even Jesus' closest friends turned their backs on him. And there was no one in sight who wanted to stand by, beside him. You know, when it comes to salvation, it costed Jesus' his own life. It costed everything. When it comes to saving your, when Jesus is trying to communicate here with us, is that when it comes to saving yourself, I have to go do the work for you. In order for to you to receive salvation, in order for you to receive eternal life through my sacrifice. In 1 John 3, 16, uh, it says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Jesus took on the burdens for our sins that we committed against God. And Jesus took that cross from our fallen transgressions. Jesus didn't become just our king. He didn't just become a teacher to us. He came to serve us. He became a servant who sacrificed himself to die for all our sins. And that brings to my first point. In verse 4, it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. And yet, we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. So in verse 4, it highlights that people may speculate Jesus being punished by God for his own sins, that, that he did something wrong against God. However, that is not the case. 
Because Jesus is God, he is the son of God, he is sinless. Jesus is simply paying the price for our own faults and shortcomings, our sins. It is through his dying sacrifice allows us to experience in being no longer bondage to sin. Is the blood that Jesus offers that allows us to receive eternal life with him. He brought us freedom that we don't even deserve, but we, do, we still receive this gift that he gives us. That's an awesome thing to hear. In verse 5, we, we read, but he was pierced from our transgressions. He was crushed from our iniquities and punished that brought us peace on him. By his wounds, we are healed. So in verse 5, it highlights the severity of the punishment that Jesus had to endure, that he had to go through. He was pierced for our disobedience against God. This is where Jesus became a servant to us and sacrificed himself for our own freedom. He enables us to experience the very freedom he calls us to live. For us to no longer be in bondage of our own sin. So I remember when I was in third grade, um, if you go to the next slide, there was this dark metal gate that closed off certain areas of the public schools, the middle schools that I was attending at the time. And back then, a lot of us were pretty small. And, and thought, we thought it was cool that our whole body could go into the metal gate and we were able to pass through the bar, bar fences. For myself, I wanted to give it a try. I'm sure you know where this is going. I was able to pass through my body until I got my head stuck. My head was too big to pass through the fence. At that moment, I was stuck. I was not able to get out. My friends were looking at me, and the teachers started coming through, and they're like staring, like, oh, what should we do? And inside, like, man, this is embarrassing. How do I get myself out? And then I thought about, like, should I just go come out from way the way I came in? And I just did that, and I got out. In some similar ways, Jesus freed us from the very sin that separate us away from God. He freed us from the very sin we didn't think it was possible to walk away from. You see here that like Jesus is the one who removed the brokenness that we carry on our own hearts. Jesus is the one who died for our sins. And he didn't focus on himself. Jesus is the one who demonstrated an act of of sacrificial love for us. He didn't die for his own gain. He died for us. As we read in verse 6, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. So verse 6 is simply saying all of us are like sheep. We have strayed away. We have left God's path to our own. We do what we want. 
And but yet the Lord lay on him for the sins of us all. He died, even though we stray away, he continues to go after us. And God conveys to us, we are like sheep who just wanders off and not following the path that he, has, he lays out for us. A couple months ago, uh, I went to Ikea uh, with my roommate at the time with Bill, and I was looking for a wooden-like uh, platform to build a custom-made standing desk. And a lot of us, we were working from home, and I thought it would be time to build a standing desk for myself so that I can stand whenever I wanted while I'm working. And I went to look for the display, and I found what I wanted. And you know what a kid looks like. If you guys have been there, it looks like a maze. And, and there's a possibility you might just get lost. In fact, I, just, I did just that. I decided to take some shortcuts where on the last floor to get to the warehouse. But I decided to not follow the arrows. I decided to go cut shortcuts. But then I got a text from Bill saying, hey, I'm at the warehouse. Where are you? And I was like, oh, shoot. Maybe I should follow the arrows instead of going my own way out. So I finally conceded and followed the arrows. And as much life are like, our, like ours, to many of us, we have the tendency to follow our own directions. We have the tendency to to do things on our own, not what God wants for us. Not the direction that God's leading us to. So in this passage, what he's trying to say here is we found something way better that I think God is offering us. To some of us, we may feel more joy and give in to the pleasures that we, that we want. That we feel this temporal joy that we receive, that we feel this is right for us. In Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean with your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will lead your path straight. And a lot of the times, we think what we best because we lean with our own understanding. We don't trust God, or we just do it because we want to. We like the pleasures that, that temporary pleasures that we feel because we think that's more best for us, that we feel joy. But you know when we experience true joy is with God. It's with Jesus himself as we invite him into our life. Because a lot of times we lean to our own needs and wants and then what God has best for us. He gives the desires of our flesh. We give into our desires of the flesh than what is glorifying to God. It's interesting to witness that everything that Jesus has done for us, we still don't listen. Often also we take him for granted, what he's done for us. And that's, I find that really interesting as much as when God comes after us, there are many times we reject him. There are many times we just don't care. And the punishment that Jesus went through was not meant just for him, but for us. Even though how much we don't listen, he continues to go after us. 
And a lot of times when we're talking about this verse, the longer that we wander away from God, the more we develop being hostile towards God. In result, the worse the punishment was subject against us, but Jesus took the punishment for us. He was a servant who was selfless and always thinking of tending the needs of others. He is a servant with a selfless heart. So in verse 7 it says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In many cases, you know, people, when they're arrested, they try to plead their case. I'm innocent. I did nothing wrong. And if you guys play this game called Mafia, we always try to say, I'm not the Mafia, I am the medic. And if you guys don't understand this game, this, um, I'll explain to you after service. But it's something we try to prove like we're innocent. So when Jesus was being arrested, he never tried to defend himself. Instead, he took how, what it was. He was being trialed against him. When Jesus was tried, he said nothing to support his evidence. That he said nothing. He let the accusations proceed from what was convicted of him. Jesus never convinced of his innocence to the public because he was obedient to the Father. In the Gospel we read, Matthew chapter 26, Jesus spoke of his life. He asked God to take this cup away from him. And as you can imagine, if you remember in the Gospels, Jesus was deathly afraid. He sweat blood. And he asked God, take this cup away from me. I'm afraid to die. But still, Jesus was obedient to his, his father. He still proceeded with the plan to die for our sins. You know, in, when we read this passage, Jesus never really cried out of his innocence. Instead, he cried out that we will be forgiven. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Wow. He didn't really focus on himself, but he cared more for the people. He cared for more of our well-being than his own. He wants us to no longer to experience the burden of our suffering from sin. Jesus fully understood that many of us, the people who followed and believed in his teachings, were insecure. They were afraid for their own life. They were intimidated of being persecuted like Jesus. If you can imagine being there 2,000 years ago, which side of the fence would you be on? Would you have the confidence to defend your faith at that moment 2,000 years ago? In this movie I watched, it's called Silence. Um, Andrew Garfield, Liam Nilsson, and uh, Adam Driver's in this movie. And you may recognize some of these people. Um, Andrew Garfield plays Spider-Man. 
And, and during this movie, it took place in 7th century Nagasaki, Japan. And Father Ferreira's, like these two Jesuit priests, they were asked to go search for this other priest who denounced his faith. And some part of the story is true. What happened is a lot of like these villages in Japan, a samurai will come to the village and he would ask the villagers if they are believers to denounce their faith. They would see in Japanese, fumi, a symbol of a picture. They would ask to like a picture of Jesus or a cross to step on it. If they were to step on it, they were to fumie, their life would be spared. But if they decide, I believe in Jesus, I am a Christian, the samurai will take his sword and decapitate them. And it's difficult that we're living this persecution. If we're right there right now, like how would you handle that? And that's why we need Christ, no matter how hard it is to go through these type of persecutions. You know, it's hard enough to say, since many of us have not been put in the situation. For many of us, we would like to say, oh yeah, I would die for my faith. Absolutely. Without question. You know, sometimes our insecurity tends to shift us away from God. So some of us may feel like, you know, I want to save my own skin. And I'd rather live and die for my faith. I'm not saying you would, but I see some people would say that. In verse 8, it says, My oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. This is where Jesus... Jesus fully understood. We need to witness the great love that he has for us. Jesus didn't care for his own welfare. He simply died for us. He cared for his own sacrifice so that we can be free. He simply died for our own transgression. He serves with a selfless heart who is willing to go great lengths to die for our sins. To show the amount of compassion he has for us. The amount of love that he has for us to die and be sacrificed so that we can be free. In John chapter 19 verse 30 says, A little before Jesus died on the cross, his last word he said, It is finished. These are the very last words that Jesus demonstrated of how Christ was a pivotal point that changed your life forever. You know, the word atonement, like, we don't really know, some of us may not know what this means. It's a big theological word. And I want to just explain to you in a simple term. If we were to spread out this word, it spells out at one met with God. We met with God because of Jesus paid the price for our sins. We met with God because Jesus made a way for us to bridge with him once again. What I mean by this, ever since the fall of man, we were separated from God. Now Jesus made a way 
The veil was torn so that we now have a direct connection with God. In verse 9, and as we go into the, uh, this passage, he was signed a grave in the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. So because he was crucified and considered a criminal, Jesus would have been assigned a grave among the other criminals, possibly a mass grave. However, a wealthy man uh, named Joseph asked Pilate for Jesus' body and placed him in his own fresh tomb. So when after Jesus' death is then we are declared righteous because of Jesus' sacrifice for us. It is then we are declared righteous because we are saved through Jesus. So a servant like Jesus, he bestowed us for us to be declared righteous. In verse 10 we read that, Yet it was the Lord will crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offspring for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. You know, people often question, how can God kill his son? Why didn't Jesus save himself? Because it was necessary. God allowed Jesus to suffer to pay the price for our sins so that we will be forgiven. It's not just important that we know about his death, but his resurrection. Jesus conquered death. It proves that Jesus is truly the man who he says he is. It proves that he is the son of God. He is the savior that God told us, as was prophesied by Isaiah, that Jesus will come as the Messiah, to, to die for us, to atone for our own sin, for all sins. This underlines that death here on this earth is not the end. It's only the beginning. We continue to live because Jesus lives in us. We will be with him in paradise. If you remember in the Gospels, one of the robbers asked Jesus for forgiveness. And Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. And right there, that robber was no longer in bondage to sin. He was permitted to be with him in paradise. In verse 11, after he, was suffer he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied knowledge my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. So the wage of sin is a heavy burden for, to us. Every sin that we commit leads to us further away from God. We are led even closer to death. The more we sin, the more we are wounded and bleeding. If you can imagine that, the more we sin in our life, the more damaged and broken we are. Our hearts become complacent and numb to sin. And I think of like, um, if you guys has Sichuan food, like when you have like this Sichuan food that makes your tongue numb, like you can't taste anything anymore. You don't feel any hot or any feeling in that some shape or form. So when we live in sin, we never really receive satisfaction. There's always more than what we want. The more that we have, the more we change. 
It just howls out, and one day it takes our life unless we stop and be healed. And we ask Jesus for healing for us internally, emotionally, physically. We need to take into consideration, ask ourselves in these parts of us that's afflicting our spiritual growth, our mental growth, our physical health, our spiritual growth. Five years ago, I was driving um, at slow-paced traffic. Internally, um, I was still heated from a, an argument that I had with my own father. And I had this like raging like fire that I just couldn't get off my chest. And, and I was using Google on my phone and trying to navigate. And it was like glitching wasn't working. And it was being really slow. And because of that, literally, I punched my phone. And right there, I, it, it just dawned on me. Why did I just do that? And there was this anger that I carried in my heart that wasn't healthy for me. And I was asking myself, how did I get this far? How did I get so angry enough to punch my phone to get to that point? And I pray that moment asking the Lord, like, God, take this anger away from me. Take this feeling that I have against my, uh, my father and just be able to forgive him, be able to be patient with him. And allow my heart to be softened and be patient with my dad in the long term. And after that, like, when I talk with my dad, I'm really patient with him. And there are times, like, when he raises his voice, he would apologize, like, hey, Paul, I'm sorry. And that's the coolest thing about Jesus being at work. Relationship heals, our own internal emotional heals because of Christ. We don't do it because we do on our own. It's because we allow Christ to work in us. We allow Christ to heal us. Because of Jesus' action, it enables us, us to be free from those sins, to be free from the burdens that's festering our own bodies. We are renewed in him that we're no longer enslaved by the sin that's written on our own hearts. Because of Jesus, we are declared righteous. Our sin is no longer in bondage to us. In verse 12, last passage, Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death. He was numbered with transgressors, for he bore the sin of many, and made uh, intercessions for the transgressors. If you notice the word transgressor or transgressions throughout the entire, from verses 1 to 12, I counted four times this was repeated. And I want to say this is like a huge highlight of what God is saying. That a lot of times we, we're hostile towards God because maybe we're broken, because maybe we're just hurting and we need healing. And Jesus' action for him to die for us, he heals our wounds healing our souls by Jesus taking the punishment that was due to us 
now the healing can, can begin. So when reflecting on Jesus' death on the cross, we need to be striving to be a servant like him. Jesus, Jesus demonstrated that when it comes to salvation, we can't do it on our own. Jesus has to pay the price in order for us to have a relationship with him. It's where we need to decide we accept the, serv the service that Jesus bestowed onto us. My question for you is, do you want a relationship with him? Do you seek him? Are you a seeker? Are you willing to open up your life and ask Jesus into your heart? Ask him to be part of your life. If you feel right that, right, that moment, I ask you to, to talk to God right now. If you haven't already, I encourage you to open your hearts to Christ. Invite him into your life. Invite him as, as your Lord and Savior. This is the promised Savior that God had foretold in the Old Testament. He is here and alive. Now has come to admitting the very sin in our life. Do we accept him? Do we accept this healing that he is giving to us? Again, the question is, do you accept him? Do you trust him? Do you invite him into your life? Do you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Will you pray with me? God, we just thank you so much for uh, today, Lord, that we're able just to gather here and to acknowledge that Christ that you are Lord, you are our Savior who died for us, God. And Lord, we just thank you so much what you've done for us. Because God, we are selfish. And sometimes we stray away from you. We don't listen. But God, you continue to strive after us. You continue to love us unconditionally. Lord, we just thank you. I ask you, Lord, at this time, if, if people like, have decided to, that Jesus is calm as their Lord and Savior, that I pray that you be with them continually as they grow in their relationship with you, Lord. And I pray for just continue, just to be able to, for them to experience your grace of who you are, that you are God, that you are a Father who comforts us, who loves us, God, who is our wonderful counselor, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you so much for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.